This week in sports, we explore real contenders of the baseball season, and we answer the question of what are the big problems within college sports with the NIL and transfer portal. We're also going to talk about what are the biggest what ifs in sports history. This is Salmahorn Podcast, May twelfth, May fourth, two thousand twenty. Hey, Riley, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing? Good. We don't have Ben today, so it's just going to be the two of us. We're going to be jumping in, talking a little bit of sports here, uh, talking a little bit about some of the things that we're seeing right now. Before we jump in and we talk about Major League Baseball, though, can I can I rant for a little bit, Riley? Let's can sound I- it off, Danny. Start I'm, us off. I'm, Give us something I'm, I'm very gonna, good to hear. I'm going to sound us sound off for just a second. Man, so Stephen A. Smith, couple weeks ago said that he hates the Utah Jazz and he was saying this because he's like every time that you think that you know what the Jazz are close to being contenders they've got a superstar coming in they've got best defensive player in the league they've got these complimentary pieces and they just don't put it together and I hear him say that and as a Jazz fan it kind of breaks my heart for a little bit but you know what gosh, sometimes I hate the freaking Utah Jazz. Like, what is going on? Like, that, they, they have they have this series. Luka is out for two games. You, you know, and then he's coming back, playing off of injury. You've got, they were the number one team, the number one seed in the NBA last season. They just, I don't understand it. I don't understand. There just doesn't seem to be any urgency. There doesn't seem to be any like drive or like they don't have any dog in them of like we're just going to go out and win and it starts on the it starts with donovan mitchell right like he just he doesn't have what it takes to make defensive stops to make the team better like i just i'm so i i'm at the point like blow it up i think trade mitchell trade gobert trade both of them quinn snyder sure if he wants to stay he can stay like blow it up like you're not going anywhere they've reached their ceiling you've got to figure out you know something else so like maybe trade Gobert for Ben Simmons I don't think that fixes anything Ben Simmons is a head case like I don't know like I just don't see this roster working and I'm just frustrated I don't know like you're a jazz fan you know it, like so, it's been like, it's been incredibly really- frustrating the last couple of years especially last year where we came in and we were the number one seed we had every piece of the puzzle that we needed we had all the guys and we just couldn't get the job done and it's hard to understand as a jazz fan but I don't know maybe I'm just too sentimental and I get too attached to guys and I'm like a fan of these dudes but I have a hard time just totally blowing it up. I think you need to get rid of Mike Conley. He is not serving our team. Who's like, who's going to take Mike Conley in that contract? I, I don't know. And it's a terrible, that was a terrible deal. I mean, unless you're trading for made. Russell Westbrook, which like that's, <laughs> that, that's it's worse. Good. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> like we can't, like we can't have all these undersized guards. You can't have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell on the same team and expect them to be able to truly get the job done because they're two undersized guards. Donovan Mitchell has the athleticism and the, the everything like that, but like ultimately he doesn't play defense. 
you know, he's, he's holding it to score on the offense. And there are times where I feel like Donovan needs to figure out how to just like stop the game, slow it down and like reset and get the jazz back on track. And I, I don't know that he does that really well. I think he's what's frustrating is like, they don't expect him to play defense. Like when he was drafted, he was drafted as a defensive stopper. He was, he was right. looked at almost like a Kawhi Leonard of he's a defensive stopper that maybe can develop an offensive game. He developed that offensive game much more quickly than I think a Anyone lot of expected. thought, but he's, he has not put in the effort on the defensive end. And, Wait, and I, no, I think you, no, I they think, don't demand him to, either. I think you can require that of him. Like go ask him to play defense, go get him to be a defensive guy. Cause he has the ability so but the, yeah, but I think the organization is so afraid of upsetting Donovan Mitchell, like they're trying to appease him so that he doesn't. But I feel like you're still upsetting him. Like I, I still right. feel like no, he's so- not totally bought in. So at least go get something out of him. Like go, go get some work from him, and maybe if they start achieving the success that they should be achieving, that he'll be happier there. I don't know, but something's got to happen. I'm with you. Like we got to blow something up. I just. I don't know, because it's frustrating watching them just be on the brink and have all the pieces they need. But this this year, I think they didn't have the pieces. I think that they made some horrible moves in the offseason. I think that they did not go to try to make the team better and play to their strengths. They just like played with what they, they took what was easy, it seemed like, and were like, we're going to be all right. Instead of like, let's go make ourselves better. Last year, yeah, we were great, but it didn't work for some reason. Let's go figure out what we need to do to make it work. And they kind of went the other direction. And so, yeah, like it's frustrating, but it always seems like we go through these cycles with the Jazz. And, you know, I don't know if you want to just get rid of guys because I think the only time the Jazz have had success is when they get that big one-two punch and then they just plug in the right pieces around him, but I don't know if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are going to be that one, two punch anymore. Like they looked like they were going to be for many years, you know? Yeah. You're more, you're more optimistic than I am. I'm going scorched earth, like just burn it down. Let's <laughs> rebuild. Um, either way, one of them has to go. And I think it's probably Gobert. It, you know, I, if, I really think like Gobert for, for Simmons could make sense because Simmons maybe, is more of a wing defender. I right. Think. And you can play the small ball. The And Mitchell, there. Mitchell might like his game style and compliment with it. Well, I, I mean, I think if you're getting rid of one of those superstars, the first one to go would be Gobert because in the NBA's league, he's not as valuable as a guy like Donovan Mitchell that can just score. Like you look even at game one against the Mavericks, they were down bad. Mitchell came in in the third quarter and just took it over and scored. Yeah. And Mitchell, you, Mitchell can get a bucket. You need you need a guy. Right. That can just you need you, a you need that. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's a downer. So we're going to try to move off of that a little bit. But yeah, I just ah ah, they're so frustrating. But we're going to move in. We're going to talk a little bit of Major League Baseball here. We're done with the first month of the season. April is behind us. We're moving into May. So we're going to go into a little bit of an overreaction. It's still early in the season, but let's overreact a little bit. So I was looking at MLB.com's power rankings and their top 10 teams. So what they have right now, number 10 team, they've got, and I'm just going to go from 10 to 1. So they've got the Cardinals at 10, then the Twins at 9, the Brewers sitting at 8, 
Padres at seven, the Giants at six, Angels at five, Dodgers at four, which I feel like is criminal, but I digress. Ridiculous. The, Yan- the Yankees at three, the Blue Jays at two, and the Mets at one. Now, this is the problem that I have with power rankings. Like, anybody can just read the standings and just be like, oh, this is the team with the most wins. And that's basically all they're doing here is, like, going by records. But if you look at it, like, power rankings is more about not just who has the most wins, but, like, which team is the best team? Like, which team has all of these pieces together? Record is going to come into that, but you want to think about, all right, even though this is what the record is saying, who do we really think is going to be the best team out there? So what I'm going to, I'm going to go through Riley and I want you to just tell me for each of these teams, it's early in the season, but do you think that these teams are really a contender or are we at this point where they're a pretender for this early on in the season? Like where do you see them at the end of the year? So let's start with the Cardinals at 10 contender or pretender. Pretender. The Cardinals do not play in a tough a division as many of these other teams. I think the Cardinals are every year, they're a great organization. They always find ways to win, like you said earlier this year in our podcast before baseball started. But I just don't see them being a consistent contender throughout the whole year. I don't think they have all the pieces. I don't think they stand the test of time. I think they're excited and they're hot for the beginning of the year. I don't think they're a true contender. I'm going pretender with the Cardinals. See, I'm going to actually say contender. Like, I, I do still think they can win the NL Central, and they're one of those teams that if they just get hot in the playoffs, they could make a run. So I don't know how they do it. I mean, they've got Arenado, they've got Goldschmidt, they've got some players. So, yeah, I'm going to say contender there. All right, Minnesota Twins at nine. Contender or pretender? Another pretender. I'm sorry. They, they're hot. I was watching them, watching some of their game today. And it's not pretty baseball. Their pitching staff is not going to keep them in it that long. I don't think they have that. And I think it's going to, like, your bats cannot be relied upon every single night. So I think that they're definitely a pretender. Their pitching staff's going to catch up to them. Yeah, I'm going pretender here, too. I think they're starting off hot. And if I were the Twins, like, I don't know. I want to start losing here in a little bit because you don't want to get to July and be on that fence of are we contending are we not like do we hold on to carlos correa like i think you you want to start losing so that makes that decision that much easier so you can Mm -hmm. put him for some prospects that's you don't want to have to try to make a decision of do we got to go and pick up guys now for a playoff run are we selling are we buyers or sellers right yeah you don't want to be in i don't think they're buyers i think they're pretenders yep all right brewers at eight I think the Brewers are contender. I think they still have all the pieces. I think they're very powerful. Um, they Once again, they play in a pretty weak division as far as it goes. But, um, you know, the Cardinals are right there. I think the Brewers are still a strong team. They're definitely a contender. Their pitching staff makes them a contender. My hesitation is, can Yelich regain some of that MVP form? I don't think he needs to be the same guy that he was before, but he needs to get some of that back. If I if they're really going to make a run, so I think a lot of that depends on the play of Christian Yelich, and he just has not been good the last two years. What about the Padres at seven? Um, this is a tough one for me. It depends if they get 
um, hot at the right time. Like the Padres are a little scary, but I'm going to go pretender. Not having um, a pretty boy out there. Tatis. I think so they're doing yeah. all this without Tatis. They're, and they're doing this without Tatis. They get Tatis back. They probably become a contender. They're probably pretty, they're scary. I just think that the Padres still have that feeling in that way of like, they're good weather baseball. Like things are going great and they just love it. And they talk trash and their everything is amazing. And when things are like, but they don't know how to get it done when the going is really tough. And I think that's going to be their problem is like last year, things started getting tough for them and they didn't know how to fight through that. And that's why I think they're still pretenders because they have guys like Manny Machado and some of those guys in there that just can't get the job done when the going gets tough. I'm going to go pretender here too. And I think this is the opposite of the Cardinals because the Padres, the Cardinals find ways to win and the Padres find ways to lose. Like the, the Padres is just not a winning organization. The Cardinals is a winning organization until until I see them do it in September, I'm, I don't trust them. I, I don't think that – I think they're going to fall off. They started off hot last year too. So I'm, I'm not sold yet on the Padres. All right. The Giants. Uh, Giants. I, I think, unfortunately, they're still a contender. I don't – like, they've kind of still got some pieces and some guys that are getting the job done. But I think that – it's not the Giants team we saw last year by any stretch. I don't think, I mean, he's doing okay. He don't run tonight, but I don't think Brandon Crawford's going to be Brandon Crawford that he was last year. Um, once again, you lost the key to that organization for the last few years in losing Buster Posey and him retiring. So I think that they're kind of a pretender because I don't think that they're going to hold it this year without some of that leadership and, and what they had last year. Yeah, I'm actually going contender on this one. I think they they don't have the the name power. They don't have the brand recognition with their names, but their roster construction seems to be perfect for the way that they play baseball. They have they have a really good pitching staff. Rondon, I know I was making fun of that at the start of the season about being a big free agent signing, but he actually turned out to be a pretty big addition to the to the Giants. He's been pitching pretty well over the first month. They've got Logan Webb has there's just something about the giants that like scares me so like i i think i'm gonna say contenders at this point all right the angels they, they never seem to get it done in the postseason how do you feel about the angels right now for now i think they can be a contender but once again they're kind of like the padres like you said they're just they find ways to lose but they've got some serious talent on that baseball team they have two former MVPs, another guy who is like right in the race for an MVP. Um, and they're just like, they're, they're stacked as far as that goes. I think their pitching staff's going to have to hold on for them for it to happen, you know, but shoot who in the AL West. I mean, there's still, you still Astros. got the Astros, but I still think that the angels can stay with them. I think they're going to do. Okay. I think, I think they're going to hold. The Mariners I don't think have some talent. Come, come end of like come postseason time. I don't think that they'll go deep into the postseason, but I think they're a contender to get to the postseason. Like, but like past the first round of the postseason, get legit into the postseason. Uh, I'm going pretender. I I think they're hot right now. I just don't trust the pitching staff enough. The offense, they've got the star power. I just don't think they're deep enough to keep this going. Dodgers. 
Dodgers are the number one team in baseball. Get out of here. Like everyone came in doubting their pitching staff at the beginning of the year. Their pitching staff has been stellar. Even the guys that people weren't really trusting. I think if they can get, um, what's his name back from the Yankee that, that came from the Yankees. Um, um, came from the came from the Yankees. Yeah, they only got like two starts in, and then he. Oh, um, um, Heaney. Heaney started off hot, and he started off throwing really well. I think they can get Heaney back, and they can get him back into the rotation. Like their rotation is killing it. They've got Julio Urias, who picked up right where he left off. Basically, you've got Walker Bueller, who's still doing Walker Bueller things, and Clayton Kershaw is having the start of his year. He looks like prime Clayton Kershaw like he's figured some things out again where he's kind of like he's understood his fastball is down in velocity a little bit but he's still able to keep guys off balance and he's still working guys and so I think that the Dodgers and then they have a lineup that anyone one through nine can go out and just get the job done at any time that you need it like you never feel like there's a hole in that lineup so definite contender they should be higher than four on the power ranking is ridiculous yeah, Dodgers are the most complete team in baseball. And you're talking Andrew Heaney coming back. Dustin May could be coming back yeah. as well. I, and that. Dustin May's filthy. That's, that's scary. All right. Yankees at three. Um, I, Contender, for sure. And they're probably in a good spot. Um, That's a tough division. Yankees have all of the power. They have, They have pitching. They definitely deserve to be there but they're not going to have an easy road to it with some of the teams they got to play over and over and over again throughout the season. Yeah, they're going to – the AL East is going to be interesting to watch. I think that the there was a little bit of panic the first couple of weeks of the season with the Yankees, but they seemed to ride it to a bright of the ship, the ship. I think they made some really sneaky moves in the offseason that were low-key. Uh, being able to get – Josh Donaldson, getting Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, there were little things they did to be able to move Gleyber Torres back to second base that I think really helped the team make them that much better. And they just have guys that rake. I mean, Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, Mike Stanton, like the three strongest guys in baseball all on the same team. Yeah, they're scary. All right, uh, Blue Jays. Giancarlo Stanton, right? Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Yeah, Blue Jays, dude, these guys are ridiculous. And I know people saw it, but they are killing it. Like Vlad is just everything that you wanted from Vlad Jr. Like he's doing, he's getting the job done. He's exciting. He loves playing baseball. Like I love watching the guy play because I don't think many people are having more fun than that guy out there. And he's just intense with it. And I love seeing it. Um, they're definitely a contender. They are there with one of the best teams in baseball. I loved watching his dad play because Vladdy was the was the guy that would mm-hmm. hit a ball that bounced in front of the plate and then hit it out of the park. Like somehow he could hit. It, it wasn't like where's Vladdy's hot spot? It's like no, he just everywhere. Like, just yeah. yeah he's, he's how do you pit, how do you pitch around him? You don't like <laughs> you can't. Yeah, no, Guerrero's not like that but like he's but he hits he just rakes he's he's fun to watch the blue jays are for real i i think that they outside of the dodgers they are the best team in baseball yeah all right the mets number one and see like new york everybody's freaking out about the mets are you buying it no i think that the mets are hot i think they do have like 
a strong pitching staff. They've got a few guys there, but they are not going to keep this up. I do not believe that they're going to hold top team in baseball. Like everyone's excited because the Mets and yeah, New York, like you said, and the Yankees and the Mets are both good. And they're all excited. They're also excited about the angels and the Dodgers both being good. But like you said, with the angel, I still think like, I think the Mets are kind of like the angels. I just don't see it happening right now like they've always found ways to just not be able to get the job done and so i don't see it pretenders if if degrom was healthy it might be different i don't know how long he's going to be out but yeah they're uh, i'm on the fence here i'm i'm going with pretenders they may make the playoffs I would not have them as the number one team here. I think that's a reach, but it's. That's overexcitement. Yeah. That's playing into media. I think that's playing into like, just let's talk but, stuff up. So they get people like us talking about it, you know, but they they are the best story right now in the first month of baseball, which is, yeah. which is great. Like they're, they're winning a lot of games. Uh, I just don't see it continuing to happen. I don't either. It is interesting though, that, both New York-based teams are in first place in their divisions, and both LA-based LA teams, teams are, are first place in their divisions. Yeah, that's Which, that's a real LA-New York rivalry right there. Like, I think it's good for baseball. It's cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, it's you want cool to, to see that? You want to have the big market teams be good. Like, you want to have those blue buds do well. You need some, and then you have, you know, you have. You need some, some small teams market too. teams that are in there, which you've got. You know the Blue Jays and the and the Brewers and the Cardinals. Right. Like you've got some teams that are doing well. Correct. It's just it's fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are contenders, pretenders. Sticking with Major League Baseball for a little bit, we're gonna we're gonna uh, segue into a new segment called "Sound the Alarm," and this is where we're gonna talk about like how big of a concern is this? Are we sounding the alarm on this issue? Are we really concerned about it as fans? Because the media likes to freak out about things. And so as fans, are we concerned about this or not really? So how do we feel? How do we feel? Like what's, what's, what's our, our pulse on this? And so if we're sticking with baseball, there's been conversation, Chris Bassett's been complaining about the balls being slippery, but then you're also hearing people talk about how the balls are dead. Like they're just not going anywhere. The basically the, the baseballs right now, are an issue how like are you sounding the alarm on this like how concerned are you watching this or do you think this kind of resolves itself as the year goes on i think this takes care of itself like there was all the concern years back of juiced baseballs it seems like every year it's either like hey we're hitting too many home runs uh, or we're not hitting enough home runs And it's like, at some point, like, yeah, there's ups and downs. Like you're going to have years where dudes are just crushing the ball. You're going to have years. And I get, they're probably doing things, but I'm not sounding an alarm on that. Like it's going to fix itself. I'm not really worried about it. And if we're being honest, I'm a pitcher. Pitchers are always going to complain about every dumb little thing on the baseball. Like I'd be like, Hey, there's a little scuff in this one. I don't want it. And I'd throw it out. Right. And then an inning later it was back in the mix and I'd be like, why do I have this ball back again? I threw this out. Right. You know, like pitchers are just picky and stupid. You know, it's like quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I don't want this football. It doesn't feel exactly the way I want it. You know, at the end of the day, 
like the baseballs, it works itself out. It, there's always overreactions to that kind of stuff. Hey, how come we don't have 27 home runs from somebody yet? Like chill. Like it's yeah. May. Well, I think it goes back to the media, darling, the Mets, they keep getting hit by pitches. And so there's these complaints about the balls being too slippery. I I'm of the opinion the batter's going to have pine tar, you know, they get a, they have a little section there of things they're allowed to put on the, put on the bat. Just put something on the back of the pitcher's mouth. You had, they have the rosin, but like put something like put a little bit of pine tar or something like something, some sort of approved substance. That's not like spider tack. That's like crazy, crazy sticky and like super illegal. Like, I mean, something there that the pitchers can use that's regulated and controlled so that they have grip on the ball under the guise of player safety, right? Like you don't, you don't want guys getting hit in the head, right? Like we saw that right. happen with Joey Votto got hit in the head. You had um, uh, Pete Alonzo, you had Lindor got hit in the head. You Lindor. don't want these guys getting hit in the I, head. That's not good And while I sport. get that, like at some point though, you're, you're going to give too much advantage to those pitchers. Have you seen the stuff that some of these guys can do with baseballs these days? It's ridiculous. You got these, they're not even called sliders anymore. They call them sweepers. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. They're that's crazy. sweeping like two and a half feet across the plate. Like the more sticky you give them, the filthier that's going to get. So I think at some point, pitchers are just going to have to adjust to the fact that the baseballs are a little slippier. Like when I got up into college, I had to adjust to the fact that the laces weren't as high as they were on high school baseballs. Like high school baseballs had these high laces that you could throw a 12 6 curveball that broke like 17 feet. And then you get into, college and it's like oh what the the laces aren't that high anymore like what am i gonna do well you just adjust you figure out how to throw with what you've got and at some point the pitchers will figure it out i'm not super worried about that because i'm afraid about what happens if they don't like have to adjust to that and they're just like yeah go ahead put something sticky on their hands and then they're throwing these pitches that are just impossible to even deal with so is the issue the baseballs or the way that that they've been taught to pitch i I think it's the way they've been taught like they're gonna have to adjust the way they pitch they can't just go up there and just throw as hard as they can every time. Right. They're going to have to learn how to control the baseball a little more. I think that's what's going to have to take place. Like, I think you deal with what you've got, you know? Yep. I hear you. I hear you there. Yeah. I'm just, I think that's a good point. This there's, um, I don't know, something you don't want batters to get hit, but at a certain point too, like are we get into the place where, the art of pitching has been lost and we just get up there and we just want to throw as hard as we can. You know, right. like- well, even, even with like changeups, like they're getting hit. They've got those balls coming at their heads with changeups. They're just getting away from them. Like I had changeups, yeah, but change-up, away from me but changeups are coming in at 89, 90 miles an hour. Right. Uh, Not change-up. 98. Yeah. But they're coming in at 89 miles an hour because they're just throwing as hard as they freaking can. And they're doing what they call a power changeup now, you right. know, that was coined by Granky. like figure out how to pitch instead of just, friggin' chucking like yeah make the adjustment yep well the other media panic alarm that's been going off lately is everything happening in college football with the nil and players now in the transfer portal that are going out and trying to get as much money as they can out of the transfer portal i think they're that one receiver that was transferring from Pitt. um they're looking at he's trying to get you know upwards of three million dollars for one year to go to a school to be able to play and he's basically saying like who's going to pay me the most as a fan 
Like how big of an issue do you feel like this is? Like alarm needs to be going off or like, how do you, how are you feeling here? We need to have sirens going off over this stuff. Like this is the end of college sports as we know it. I was on board with like, let's let athletes make money for their name and likeness because they're bringing in all this money to the school. But when you get into like, they can just basically get traded. They're free agents every year. Like you don't even have that in the NFL. If you're going to do that, like I think there needs to be contracts. And I think that unless something is broken in a contract and there's a reason why they have to leave that school, you're there, man. And like, I just don't think that it should be that easy to transfer away and go play wherever. And it's like free agency every single year. If you can you imagine what pro sports would be like if they held that over a team's head every year? Like, hey, I had a hot year this year. I'm out. You better pay me this what I got because of what I did last year or I'm out. And it would be a it would be a nightmare every year. And I think it's going to be the end of college sports if you do that, like they're it's going to turn into just professional sports at the college level. And you're not going to have the same emotion. You're not going to have the same like feel that you have in college athletics. I think it's going to ruin what we've come to love and know as college, college football, especially. Well, let's be real. It's been professional. It's been professional at the college level for a few years now. It's just now it's legal, right? So like, this is, this has been going on. I don't think it's the end of college sports, but I do think that, the alarm bells need to be going off that there needs to be some regulation. And it sounds like the NCAA is starting to step in and do something here. I'm all for the transfer portal. I think it's great. Like 18, 19 year old kids, they go to school and they're going to realize like, dang, I don't want to be here and I want to go somewhere else. But I think that there's too many times where like you get and you're like, Oh, I'm not getting the playing time that I want. So I'm going to transfer. Like you, you just transfer for whatever. I think they need to do something to limit the amount of transferring that students can do. Like maybe do it once or I, I don't know. Like there, there's gotta be some, some more, a little bit more of a commitment. And I think do it like you do in the professional level that you have some sort of contract that you're going to be there for like two years, three years, something so that you can't give, just give them an opt out after two years or something like yeah you you can't you can't just transfer whenever you want and I think they need to shorten the time period when players can transfer you can't just leave whenever something goes south right that you right. without losing eligibility like you have to do it within a certain window like even with free agency on the on the professional sports like you have a certain window when you can do that I think they need. There needs to be something in place there. I also think that with the NIL, there's got to be some sort of like cap on this or because the original intent of this was like, you could be in commercials, you could sell your likeness for certain things. And now it's become just boosters just say, I'm going to give you $2 million so that you come to this school, but there's not any quid pro quo. There's no like service that's happening as a result of that. Like there's got to be, it doesn't seem like, it seems like they've lost touch with what it really should should be. And it's not about the players anymore. But, it's, it's become something different. Right. And let's be honest, we knew it was going to go that way when this opened up. Like everyone knew this was going to become a huge advantage for these big colleges that have these big boosters and alumni that are just going to pay these kids tons of money to go there. And it, it well, and this is more, the problem with the NCAA no. sticking their head in the sand for the last six years and just right. trying to ignore it instead of getting out ahead of it and doing something about it. Right. Like they, they created this problem themselves. Yeah. And they need to fix it. 
they need to do something about it. Yeah, it's on them. Yep. All right. The other thing that I've been we've we've seen. So this is really happening mostly in the Warriors and the Memphis series, but we saw this a little bit in some of the others where guys are getting ejected for some hard fouls, but doesn't seem like overly egregious. So last night it was Dylan Brooks going after Draymond Green. Draymond got got ejected the night before. Like it's. Do alarm bells need to go off? Is basketball getting too soft? Like, you know, in the NBA, like, can we have a hard foul anymore? Or like, what's what's going on? I absolutely believe it's getting too soft. I think that every little thing is a flagrant one, or it's malicious, or whatever. Like, at I don't know. And do I think it needs to go back to the days where, like, the um um shoot. Um, the bad boy pistons the bad boy pistons were just like beating on people no i don't think it necessarily needs to go to that but at some point like you've got to let guys play that's draymond's game and you're limiting draymond when you say like you can't touch people and it also feeds into guys like james harden who doesn't like just makes it look like every time he's just getting this egregious foul and there needs to be something to limit this stuff. Like quit calling every tic-tac-y little thing a foul and especially quit calling so many, like there's so many, every, we always have to review flagrant one and this and that. If it isn't obvious live and they didn't call it, move on. Like, I don't think that you need to go and review to see if it was a flagrant one every single time. Like it should be something that you see as an official. If you can't see someone's maliciously going after someone and like doing something like that, then don't call it like you should be able to see that in my opinion. Yeah. I think they, I think they're over legislating it because there's always the concerns about concussions. So anything to the head, they want to be really careful about that. The one thing that I would just say, I, I, I would, I tend to agree that they over assess flagrant fouls. The one thing I will just say is when the guy is in the air and going to the hoop, like, like what Dylan Brooks did, like no, like I, that's I agree that's with that. Get out of the game. That's a helpless a guy, defense. A guy can't, like, yeah, you can't do anything if you're in the air. He, he can't adjust. So at that point, he has the airspace. Like it's not right to go. Like yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. But that's something that an official can see clear as day. Like yeah, make a call in the moment. Like we don't make need to the call in the moment. Everything. Exactly. Make that yeah. call in the moment. Right. Yeah. But if a guy's yeah, if a guy's in the air. Don't mess with them. But the problem is now it's come to the point where they're like, they're not making the call in the moment because they're like, well, we can, we can always go review it. If we don't make the call, if we do make the call, we can't like at that point it's, it's done. Right. And so they, they're too afraid to make the call in the moment. And then they end up going and reviewing. And then they look at it so analytically that they call a tic-tac little thing that probably didn't have malicious intent that wasn't something that was that bad and they're just calling it because of the way the rule is stated where if you do it in live action in the moment i think you would get better calls actually yeah i think we didn't just stick more with live action calls we review everything but we talked about that that's my opinion that's how i feel there all right those were a little bit sound the alarm we'll, we'll keep doing that i think that's kind of fun just to kind of see like is the panic button on with some of these or where are we with it? We're going to move just a little bit here, moving along. I know we talked last week. I don't know if you're, 
I know we're both a little bit of Marvel movie nerds. And so Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out tomorrow. You watched What If, right? Did you watch that yeah. on Disney Plus? Yeah. yeah. That was, that Tons was of great What If stuff coming out with, with Marvel, with the Doctor Strange movie. It's exciting. Yeah. So with all the multiverse stuff and the What If thing, I started thinking about alternate universes. Like, what if certain things would have changed in sports? And so want to just ask you like what what are your like biggest what ifs like if something had been had changed a little bit differently that would have changed the landscape of sports like what what are those big what ifs for you what if michael jordan didn't get drafted by the bulls Ooh. it's like he goes to houston instead right or, or portland so what if portland what if portland doesn't pass up Ooh. or what if portland doesn't pass up on him and they draft him. What and if Portland didn't draft Greg Odin and they drafted Greg. Kevin Durant instead? I just think, like, you think about changing the history of basketball as it is. What if they don't pass on Michael Jordan? Like, what does he become what he was? Like, mm. does he get the team around him in Portland that he was able to construct with the Bulls? He doesn't have Phil Knight. Like, does it, does it still happen the same way? Like, what mm. if? What happens there? Yeah, I was also thinking, sticking with the NBA, what if Shaq doesn't force his way out of Orlando and, like, him and Penny Hardaway keep playing together? Like, obviously, Lakers dynasty. Like, would, would Kobe be Kobe, you know, without would Kobe Shaq? Kobe be what he was without having Shaq there with him? Yeah, like, what would Penny have been if Shaq stays in Orlando? I think Shaq That's... was too big for Orlando. I think he needed to go to somewhere like I, LA. I, yeah, I like... think Orlando wasn't a big enough market for a guy like Shaq. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But also with the Michael Jordan thing, what if Michael Jordan didn't retire the first time? That, you know, maybe maybe a seventh ring. Seventh or eighth. Or eighth, possibly. You know, does Hakeem get one at that point? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah interesting. Uh, that was interesting. We, you know, you could go with a lot of those. Here's another one. It's a simpler one, though, but. What if Marshawn Lynch runs the football? <laughs> I still think uh, Ben's not here to defend himself. I still think Tom Brady is the freaking luckiest quarterback, like luckiest player in the history of the NFL. All right, let's let's talk about this for a second, right? He inherits a team that was already pretty much going to the Super Bowl because Drew Bledsoe gets injured, right? Now Brady does his part, right? But like they were pretty much going anyway. He, he lands with possibly the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL, right? Like, Marshawn Lynch, Super Bowl, like, could have won that, you know, should have won should, that. Should have won that one. Right. The Atlanta Falcons, if they just, like, take a knee and kick a field goal. Right. right like, like, put the game out of reach. Like, Stupid. You know, instead of throwing the ball and getting sacked and pull, pulling out a field goal Ice. range. Right. So then, so you've got that. You've also got they played in the AFC East, which has been brutal, which has like been horrible his entire career. And then he's like, "Oh, they're starting to get better. I'm going to go to the NFC South. the The Falcons are terrible, and the <laughs> Panthers are terrible, right? Like, like he just he's the luckiest quarterback ever. Like where he always has home field advantage. Like he always has." These little things that I think 
I think that sound off next week is going to be Ben sounding off on you. Yeah. As you came out of the, uh, with I'm, this. I'm, I'm welcoming it. I am you're, welcoming You're it. taking like, advantage of on. him not being here, and I love every minute of it. Come on, Ben. Bring it back in next week. The luckiest quarterback. This is the thing. Every dynasty, there's a bit of luck to it. Like, it like to there's be. a bit of timing that comes with that. The other teams you are think- down or like. If you think just a, a few different simple things that might be luck involved with the Dodgers and the Dodgers could right now have four world series in the last five or six years, like yeah. on tiny little things that just didn't go the right way, you know? So it's, it's crazy how like to get a dynasty and to truly do that, like there has to be some luck involved. There has to be some of those little things, you know, did sometimes did- I don't know. You're saying that I, maybe this is for a, a different time, but like, what is the greatest non-championship dynasty ever? Like, you've got like the Bills, you've got the Vikings losing four Super Bowls in the seventies. You know, the Dodgers were like we they, should, they have one chip, but like I I need to research that a little bit more. But like that we should we should look that cool. up. That could be a cool thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. let let us know, people, if you want to hear that because that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, kind of got my brain going there. All right, that's kind of fun. Like some what ifs, I, you know. I just wanted to like, if Bo Jackson doesn't break his hip, just like, what does he become? That's that got to was... be one of the most athletic humans to ever walk this earth, if not the most athletic human. Just seeing him like... in a baseball uniform was like, okay, he's built different. Like, like yeah. that's that's different. Yeah. <laughs> like he. He looks like a normal guy on the football field, but then, like, in a baseball uniform, they're like, oh, my gosh, he's humongous. <laughs> baseball bat looks like a friggin' chopstick in his hand. Oh, like toothpick. He's just... <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so to close this out, we're going to just do something a little bit fun. We're also uh, big Star Wars nerds, so may the 4th be with you. May the 4th you know? be with you, Star Wars Day. Yeah, and most of you will probably be listening to this on Cinco de Mayo or as Star Revenge of the Fifth. Revenge of the Fifth, right? Yes. <clears throat> so we're going to talk just a little bit about what are our favorite Star Wars movies, but we're you know you can't compete with the original three, right? So so you almost have like three eras of Star Wars movies. You've got the original three, you've got the prequels, and then you have these new series and I'm going to throw in like solo and rogue one into that along with episode seven, eight, and nine. So let's just start with the original three. Okay. Best movie, original three go. I got to go with a new hope. It was just like so clean and exciting. And like, you didn't know what was going on still. And it created the excitement. It's the original, like, what can get better than the classic original? Like it was just so, and it had you in it. Like you definitely got it. Like a new hope. It's there. No, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. You've got Darth Vader revealing to Luke that he's his father. You've got Yoda. You've got, you know, and everybody likes a tragedy, right? Like, like the the Empire, you know, wins and comes through. Hot, like. Oh, there's just so much in Empire Strikes Back. You can't beat that. Like that, that is, it's not just the best of the old ones. It's the best. It is the best Star Wars movie by far. Great. By far. Yeah. All right. All right. 
the prequels disappointing but if you're having to if you had to pick one of the prequels which one would you pick i mean if i have to pick one it's got to be the number three i just think the other two were so bad like (laughs) i mean it was just so bad and at least like you got a little bit more knowledge gap in there but i did see something this week that was like the biggest um deception or the biggest lie in star wars isn't the lightsabers or the jedi and all the magic powers they have and everything like that it's that padme had obi-wan sitting right there the whole time and went for anakin like obi-wan's a great looking guy he's smart he's got a level head and she goes for the psychopath who's like a kid like yeah but third third movie for sure yeah the the writing in the in the original three especially the dialogue was just terrible and it wasn't acted well i yeah i would go with three as well probably the best of of them the pod racing was kind of cool i like that from the first one pod racing was cool yeah um chopping darth maul in half was kind of cool but yeah i would i would still go darth maul was a sick sith lord though like the dude was underrated for sure that guy was amazing yeah which that didn't kill him. So anyway, but yeah, right. that, that's some Clone Wars and uh, other things. Yeah. That I, I don't. I haven't gotten that deep into Star Wars realm. All right. Neither. Have I. So, so if you go the the newest the newest movies, uh, which one would you pick the best of the of the newest ones? Um, it's it's got to be uh, Episode Seven. I mean, it just brought back that excitement for Star Wars, right? Like. It just, it was, and it was so well written. And I think there were so many questions at the end that you're like, so many things could happen right now and it could go so many places. And like, it was just so fun to watch. And so I, like that one had to be the most excited. It's got to be episode seven. Yeah. Force Awakens was good. I, I liked, I liked that one. It felt like a copy of A New Hope to a certain extent, but the one that I liked, this is going to be controversial. I liked The Last Jedi. I thought it was well done. I, you know, I thought that there was a lot. Uh, most people hate it. Like a lot of people like to I, hate I it. I don't hate it, but it's like to me, it's just like kind of eh. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the Princess Leia Mary Poppins where she uses the Force to pull her back into the ship. That was kind of weird. Yeah, but, was... but I did the the when um, Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting there when they when they kill um oh what's his name oh the um creepy guy yeah yeah i thought that cool. was cool I, I thought that was awesome so i like the last jedi i know a lot of people don't but i thought that one was cool anyway that's star wars that's what we think about it i know that's, that's gonna that's gonna be controversial you tell us how we're wrong and i don't know i'm gonna get hate mail probably for get some get some star wars fans out there i want to hear it come on star wars fans yeah well that's it for this week any well what are you excited about sports wise for the upcoming week i mean i'm gonna continue watching the nba playoffs i'm a little disappointed i am kind of a kind of a golden knights fan just because they're the vegas team and that's close to me and they didn't make the playoffs so like the nhl playoffs are less exciting for me this year because i'm not really an nhl fan um but yeah i'm excited to watch some more nba playoffs i um am excited right now it's giants dodgers the first couple times this year we're going to get that and so 
Um, fun to see that happen. That's going to be an interesting series all year. And so it's good to see the Dodgers kind of taking advantage of the, of that right now. But um, yeah, so it's, you know, moving forward, watch some baseball, watch some NBA playoffs, living the dream. Yeah. I'm keeping an eye on our major league baseball, but I haven't watched a lot of NBA playoffs and it's weird because I find myself rooting for the 76ers just because I'm like, ah, I picked them to do it. <laughs> like, I have no reason to, but I'm like, ah, come I can't on. ever root for Harden. But, I can't stand yeah. that guy. Yeah. Well, Harden has just fallen off a, like, he's gotten old fast. He's gotten yeah. old fast. Yeah. 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 I'm keeping an eye on that. It's, it'll be interesting. It seems like the series are going that could be fairly interesting. The heat might just blow right through the, the Sixers if MB doesn't get back. But that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on and should be fun. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope that you enjoyed this episode. Remember to check us out, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, ACAP, like and subscribe, people. Like, like and, and subscribe. subscribe. And comment yes. on some of our stuff. Come give us some opinions. Come tell us how we're wrong. Beat us up a little bit. We love to see it. Or email us at soundthehornpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to be able to hear from you. But thanks for listening. We appreciate it. All you know, 20 of you. We we're, we're grateful for, for y'all being here. And we'll catch you all later. <laughs>